Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob. Hi everybody, hi everybody, hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of Carnivorous Couch. This week we're doing the, what was it, 1992? Ooh, yeah, 92. I think 92. Yeah, movie. 92. My Cousin Vinny. You, you can tell we prep for this a lot. Uh, My Cousin Vinny, where uh, we basically have a stereotypical 90s comedy, albeit a very, very good one, um, where we kind of have this uh, introductory scene where it sets up what the movie's about, and then we have the title said in the thing, oh, I know who can help us, my cousin Vinny! And uh, then we have kind of uh, Vinny coming in and experiencing all the things in the South, and each uh, scene as it develops the characters also helps him to reach the third act conclusion. Um, yeah, well, take us a little deeper into the plot synopsis. Oh, what, well, what happens? Well, I'm going to set that up and have you knock it down. I was just, you know, kind of... Uh, briefly saying what a stereotypical 90s movie is and why I said that. Uh, it stars uh, Joe Pesci and Ra- uh, Ralph Macchio, although Ralph Macchio is a... Oh, and Marissa Tomei. Uh, and Ma- Ralph Macchio just kind of was in there because he's hot off the heels of uh, Karate Kid and he was hot. And right. They probably wanted him in there to, uh, you know, get him in his little um, barely visible uh, mustache on the screen so that all the uh, teenagers would want to go see it, those teenagers who in the... Uh, 92 around became very uh, strongly marketed towards with uh, their disposable income and that's when Madison Avenue realized oh we want them to spend their parents money because they don't give a fuck because they're Gen Xers and uh, or actually I guess they're basically millennials is what they call us now Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, so our rating seen a million times on TV by me um but, you know, it's always bleeped out, edited, blah, blah, blah. It's much better at its full two-hour length. And uh, I think the first time I actually saw this all the way through was when I was in um, Germany. And the only video that they had, they had two movies that would play um, on their American VCR that were in English, Little Mermaid and My Cousin Vinny, uh, probably both of which were shown to their kids. Anyway, let's start off with uh, the first scene. We've got these two college kids. They're driving cross country through the South. Presumably from New York, probably a uh, way out to California or some other university or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they accidentally steal a can of tuna from a thing. They get pulled over by a cop a couple miles down the road who points a gun at them and <gasps> accuses them of murder, arrests them for murder. Um, they basically accidentally confess to it because they thought they were confessing to the can of tuna. But uh turns out they were confessing to murder. And then they go, wait, 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 no, 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 no. And then, uh, so then they need a lawyer. They get this uh, bumpkin-like ambulance chaser lawyer who's been practicing for about six weeks because he's in the Ralph Macchio character's family. Uh, this guy comes down with his uh, hot, hot, hot <laughs> Marissa Tomei, you know, from 1992. Um, chick from the uh, probably Brooklyn, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, basically they're fish out of water here. Everybody's just kind of looking at them in his snakeskin suit or... And her and her, like, designer clothes that are all just, like, fucking crazy 80s, early 90s style. And uh, they're kind of learning about the South and the mud and the grits and the things. And each scene kind of informs uh, the next half of the uh, uh, movie, which occurs when, well, maybe the lawyer should take over the legal procedural part of this, which is unique to the film. Yeah, so uh, 
basically, Vinny, uh, in his first appearance before the court, you know, this is before even the pretrial, uh, or, you know, before the... Uh, oh, this be Brady Larson right now. Uh, hi, Brady yeah, Larson. Yeah, and I w- I'm Rob Whiting with... Uh, R.B. Yeah. Whiting or Robert Vincent, depending on what stage name I'm using. Anyway. Yeah, we're we're the usual suspects, and it's just us this week, uh, which is good because there's so much to get into. No one else would have time to give their opinions, uh, so it's all ours. Well, anyway, so we could have Grandy here. Oh yeah, we, <laughs> we we could, uh, and that would be good. Uh, so basically, Vinny blows his first appearance in front of the judge. And on top of that, ends up blowing kind of the, before the main trial, the grand jury phase. Uh, you know, and he he doesn't really understand the way that, that the rules work. And he's trying to actually, uh, one reason I like this movie is that without being too detailed, I think it's true to the court process. So Vinny is trying to actually argue the case. And really what the judge is telling him is that's not what happens in this part. This is just the question of, is there enough just bare evidence for there to be a case? And so Vinny promptly loses that uh, because there is absolutely enough evidence to indicate that these guys might have been the murderers. And it's Vinny's job to, in the main trial, uh, dissuade the jury of that fact. And so this throws a lot of questions. You know, the friend who's not the Ralph Macchio character, um, his Jewish friend, says, you know, this is nothing to monkey around with. We can't play fast and loose just because he's your family. I'm going to go outside and get a public defender in case we need him, and whoever's better, you know, will be the one to represent us. And so while this is happening, Pesci is also having a lot of clashes with the judge, played to hilarious comedic effect by uh, the actor who played Herman Munster. I believe Rob pointed this out to me. And, uh, yeah, his his big forehead and monster features are put to very funny effect as this judge who sort of is slow but also kind of he's smart but also kind of has this slow demeanor to him where he's like oh what do you say like he's more interested in his proud in his pride and his courtroom and his you know whatever he feels like should be right like he is totally master of his domain and he doesn't like this out-of-town guy coming in here and kind of suspects in the beginning that he might be lying right and so one of the one of our funniest kind of running gags in the early going, at least, is that Vinny just continually gets thrown into jail for contempt of court. Just, you know, keeps screwing up so badly that the judge sends him to jail at the end of every appearance. And so eventually, you know, a lot of that boils down to the dress code because Vinny wears a leather jacket the first time he appears. And so in one of the funniest scenes, Vinny's actual suit gets muddy, and because the suit store is out with the flu... He has to put on kind of this valet, uh, like usher. Kind of looks like an usher. It's a maitre d' uh, uniform from like a hotel. Oh yeah, okay, maitre d'. <laughs> you know, he one of the funniest lines he has to say, like, "Yeah, I, I wore this ridiculous thing for you." I, I believe the whole thing was, um, "I bought a suit. You've seen it. Now it's covered in mud." This uh, town doesn't have a one-hour cleaner, so I had to buy a new suit. But the only store where you can buy a new suit is closed because they got the flu. The whole store got the flu. So I had to go to a second-hand store to buy this. So it's either wear the leather jacket, which I know you hate, or this ridiculous get-up. I wore this ridiculous thing. For you. <laughs> right. 
Son, are you on drugs? No. Drugs? No, I don't do drugs. I don't like your attitude. I'm holding you of contempt of court. That's a fucking surprise. <laughs> Rob knows this movie very well. So, okay, at this point, we have three lawyers, the opposing counsel, Vinny, and the other guy who's kind of interviewing for his job, the public defender. And so the... Uh, public defender's shown as, yeah. like, just as incompetent as Vinny. Like, Vinny's competent, he just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And the public defender's just like... Well, the public defender uh, has a stutter, so he can't really... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the opposing counsel, you know, is very good at his job, but there's this really neat moment where... So we wait, to correct, it's not like... It's more like... But... But <laughs> that doesn't mean he killed anyone. Exactly. Um, and so, but there's this interesting moment when the prosecutor is giving his speech. He does a good job, but kind of showing a little bit of his blindness is he says something when he's uh, describing what verdict means, saying a verdict means the truth, and it's up to you guys to weigh that. And this word comes down from England and all our little old ancestors. And as he says little old ancestors, we cut to an African-American woman. Because in saying that, he's making kind of an assumptive statement. Not everyone does come from England. Not everyone has been included in this justice system. And so this isn't a super cerebral movie, but that's a nice touch to me in showing kind of where this guy's hubris might be in not thinking about everything. Because what we get to, what Vinny's very good at, is A, communicating with the jury, speaking to them in terms that they can understand. And what it turns out Vinny's really good at is punching holes in witnesses. And this is a this movie's got a lot of good stuff about the trial process, but none better than diminishing witness credibility because that's pretty much uh, the majority of his cases. Well, yeah, and that's how that's the majority of most cases, right? Because yeah, especially in like the South, reasonable doubt. Nineteen ninety-two. There's no internet. There's no like cameras or anything like that. It's just a very rural community where this is the talk of the town, and so of course everything's just being reiterated by word of mouth, and now everybody in the town agrees on the consensus that these two boys actually did it. Right. Yeah, and, and one of the, you know, the biggest centerpiece, I guess, of diminishing witness credibility, well, I guess we get a couple. Rob, you like the glasses one, I know. I like that, too. But maybe the biggest, most famous is him using, you know, in coming to this town, to the south, he's learned about grits, which he never knew about before, and he uses the timing of a grit to prove that this guy has this... Uh, kind of distorted perception of the time factor. This is a guy who actually saw yeah, the supposed murders. Saying, like, they were in and out in five minutes. I saw them go in. I saw them go out in five minutes. And he says, well, how is that possible when it takes 20 minutes for a grit to, grit to cook all over the world? Right. And so, uh, so yeah, we get a lot of this, and it's Space very... time continuum different on your stovetop than everybody else in this audience? <laughs> uh, and so... It's basically looking like he's going to win on just slaughtering all these witnesses, but then the prosecution brings a surprise expert witness to analyze the tire tracks, which seems to indicate that the boy's car would be the one that drove away from the murder scene. Yeah, and then there would have to be an exact replica of that car in order for them to not be guilty. And yes, and this brings us to the scene that, depending on how you feel, rightly or wrongly won Marissa Tomei, the supporting actress Oscar, he has to actually turn to his girlfriend, who he's upset right beforehand. Yeah, he, he gets her out and just, like, kind of yelled at her for trying to help. Yeah, because they're both car people, and she's a mechanic. And so he swears her in as an expert, 
uh, as expert hostile witness. Expert hostile witness. Because she's pissed at him. To to prove that the car that was actually used couldn't have been that car because I think something to do with the brakes and the way the wheels well, spin. No, first of all, it was like easy. The, the first thing was it would have been easy to get her to not really cooperate with the uh, defense. But they piss her off by saying that she's not an expert. She's like, what qualifies you to be an expert? And then she kind of, like, her anger at Vinny kind of gets yeah, no, the, transmuted. Like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll show you. Right, it gets, uh, yeah, and, and so basically they go like, what makes you an expert? And he asks her a question about, um, I think, what's the proper timing uh, adjustment yeah. on a uh, uh, 57 Chevy? And she goes like, well, that that car had, like, a belt instead of a blah, 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 so, that, you know, it would be dead, like, um... Oh, he asked about the, a certain engine configuration, and she's like, they didn't have that engine configuration until 59, and so the one that you're talking about, it would be like three degrees off center or something like that. Right. He tries to trick her. Right. Well, no, he just doesn't know as much as she does, and he thought he was asking a legit question, I thought. Oh, I thought maybe he was hoping that the trick question would fool her better. No, I, I think he just like kind of just like pulled out some shit out of his ass uh, and maybe. didn't even realize that he was asking something that was impossible. And it was all like stoked when she was like, because that look on his face when she goes like, "That's there, there's no right answer to that question. There's no right answer." Right. And and he goes like, "Of course it is. It's this." She's like, "Oh, obviously they're talking about this model because that model is that is not." Right. <laughs> so, so she totally gets him on the car thing, and then she gets really excited now that she's up on the stand, and the guy he looks at the thing and he goes, "Oh well, this had a um, it's the rear axle." It was a um, like it was a counteracting differential, I think, which allows the rear wheels to spin at a different speed. You see, what was it? Um, differentials prior to nineteen, prior to the Pontiac, whatnot. Uh, it was a Pontiac, I think. I can't quite remember. Yeah, the I don't details, totally remember. But either. differentials prior to a certain model made. Um, the differential factor, which allows the wheels to spin a different thing, would only work going forward or backward, or going forward. And so when you go up on a elevated surface, um, that differential wouldn't work because the wheel would have to kind of roll backwards, I think. Okay. Or like against the differential instead of with it. And so therefore, um, the, uh, the wheel would go, it would kind of stutter up. But this one went straight because oh, and it was the suspension, suspension in combination with the differential. That's what it was. Okay. Right, because it didn't have to go backwards because the car was going forwards. So that wouldn't make any sense, Rob. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, well, we could figure this out yeah, if yeah. we had to. But I was just trying to be smart about how cars work. I do know That's something. Very good. I think I you know some things. You've acquitted mm -hmm. yourself nicely on this. Yeah. Subject. So I know how cars work. Okay. All right. And oh, I'm pissed at Vinny. Now I'm happy that I was able to, to get all Jewish mom on this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in doing this, Marissa Tomei's expert rebuts uh, the expert played by the recently deceased James Rebhorn. Oh, he died. Yeah, he died. Oh, uh, he was—he was always the bad guy. He was like yeah. the sniveling Secretary of Defense and in Independence Day. Who like knew about the aliens the whole time, but didn't he's, tell the president. Who's the dumb principal in election? Oh yeah. If you kids can't act like adults, then you don't deserve to be called adults. Anywho, uh, in doing this, Vinny wins the case, uh, gets out of town right before the judge uh, seems to uh, figure out that he's been lying about his credentials, 
And he and Marissa Tomei agree to get married because the other big conflict that's been going on is that, you know, they're kind of in a stall on their relationship where it's time for Vinny to come up and uh, make it career wise and to actually make Marissa Tomei an honest Marissa Tomei. Yeah, I believe they call that upping the ante in the biz. Upping the ante. Right? At a certain point, they say, you promised that you would get married to me after you won your first case. And looking at it, it looks like I'm never going to get married. <laughs> I could listen to Rob do this all day. So anyway, yeah, that's the movie. Uh, let's talk about... Yeah, that we'll, we'll do our next segment. Hey, 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 how do we like it? So Brady, how did you like this movie? Oh, I like this movie quite a lot. I mean, like you said at the beginning, this is uh, something of, you know, your formulaic fish-out-of-water kind of movie, but I think where it acquits itself is in... Acquits itself? Lawyer terminology, yes. Is in, uh, A, in its unpretentious kind of light-touch tone. Like, you can imagine a sitcom or something doing this plot, and it would be very on-the-nose, and there are some bits that maybe are that way, you know, falling in mud... Uh, shooting at the owl that's many, many feet away, kind of, you know, making fun of the yokel. Uh, well, in a sense, he's a yokel in this environment. But it plays it light. And the other thing I like is that all the character actors are really nice. It actually invests into character. And so that, paired with the fact that, you know, I think it does uh, have a nice enough 101 understanding of the legal system, I think that makes this a nice movie, in addition to be ju- being just a really funny a uh, slapstick comedy. Well, also or screwball rather. Also, it's really nice on the like just even the characters who are like on the witness stand for like three and a half minutes, or the guy in the background. Like they actually do take time to attribute just at least one attribute. Attribute one attribute. Does that work? Eh, sure, I'll let it go. But they have different meanings, right? <laughs> Once and down. Yeah, they, yeah. They attribute at least one you know, sort of characteristic to each character that's on screen or whatever, who has a line, at least. Like the guy with the, the neck, you know. Right, right. They managed to paint him as, oh, he just fell in his own house, he's an idiot. Uh, the guy with the 200 bucks and stuff, they managed to they managed to kind of flesh out his, like, none yeah. of the characters are really fleshed out, but, like, you know, they at least give us something that makes it feel like a real character, even if it's they're just being talked to on the witness stand. Oh, this guy's obviously kind of dumb. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's nimble comedic character acting, and you've got a lot of character. You got Ned Beatty is the guy with the grits. Uh, he does nicely in his you know five minutes. Yeah, the the kind of dumb guy who he goes like this crud covered screen, these tree with all <laughs> them leaves on. Like you know, we kind of get the fact that this guy's kind of dumb right right away. And yeah, I I really like that sort of thing. Oh yeah, watch. Well, I don't mean him, but he's familiar to me too. Uh, I mean the guy who says, "I love this line." No self-respecting Southerner cooks instant grits. Oh, yeah. He kind of looks like, uh, I think I looked it up when we were watching the movie, but he kind of looks like the villain guy from um, freaking True Detective. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one at the end. Oh, by the way, it's a spoiler-full podcast. We might spoil anything. Anything (laughs) Anything. at all. Anything at all. Well, you know, he, that that guy. Oh, I won't spoil it for Brady. Damn, I would like to say such a horrendous spoiler <laughs> that but I mean I don't want to actually spoil it for Brady who's sitting next to me, but I would love to spoil it for our audience. Brady plug your ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so anyway, uh, very good. Funny, uh has a has respect for the actual legal procedure. You know, we I taught a class at Stanford one summer and we showed the kids this. It's like, 
yeah, it is a nice little 101 primer on, on the order of things. How many movies really give care to the grand jury process as well as the actual trial? So that, good character acting. And at the center of it, I can't believe I haven't even said it yet, I think really nice acting work from Tomei and Pesci. Uh, this is, this is yes. what character can do. Like enough, the right balance of character and comedy can lift up a formulaic premise like, premise like this. So I think, yeah, especially since Pesci's almost always just Pesci, but this is a, a nice nuanced Pesci. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd rat a tat tat, say hello to my big fat bat. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't set the world on fire, but it's really rewatchable. I, my heart's given this the B plus A minus. I, I got to do it. I'd feel bad not doing it. All right, one well, give it a a B, just a B plus. I think is where I was at with it. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's fair. Yeah, it's not a B plus because I don't really use that grade. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's you. not your thing. That's just you. Brady, let's basically Brady going like, yeah, it's a it's a two and a three at the same time, which mathematically just doesn't make any sense because then if you apply set theory to it, it's like in both sets, which is like fucked up because the barber can't shave himself. I'd like to test that. <laughs> okay, uh, so, yes, I like this. The thing I like the most about this movie, I think I've said this several times already, but um, it's the idea that kind of the fish out of water, The okay, when we make films nowadays, we do a shit job of the third act because they've dispensed with this formula. And, I mean, we've got some very formulaic genres floating around. Comedy is usually one of them. Um, Horror or thrillers are usually one, you know, like uh, psychological thrillers. Um, what's another one that's really formulaic? Action movies. But, I mean, we've we've changed this in recent years to, like, we do Act 1 and Act 2 very well, and then we never bring Act 3 back to Act 1. Like, we just fucking, like, if it's an action movie, we just, like, jizz all over the place with CG that kind of sucks and doesn't look very good, uh, and a lot of three-point landings from superheroes. If it's a psychological thriller, we go like, oh, he was both people at once in his brain because he's got split personalities. Uh, because Fight Club did that, and now I'm going to do that too. Number 23, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> 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 and then in comedies, we do this thing where it's just like, it's got to just, and sometimes this works, actually. Comedy's probably the ones that can push this boundary the most, but like you just got to push harder and harder and harder to have more outlandish or more like fucking crazy-ass shit. So anyway, I'm going to bring this back around to my cousin Vinny, which what it does is it has this fish-out-of-water sort of feel to it when Vinny shows up to town. But then he sits there like, what are these grits? I've never heard of them. person explains to him how grits work. He uses that in the th in the um, ending trial. like, And then there's the thing with the mud. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're famous for our mud. Well, that comes back and informs when he slips in the mud and falls, gets his suit all muddy. Like right. all mud the on the things screen, the too. Yeah, also all the things in the, uh, yeah, in the mud on the screen. And also, um, I see other things as well, like uh, just the fact that she's a car expert and she knows everything there is about cars, never heard about mud. And, like there's scenes and things said in the first act, which reflectively bounce to the third act. And it all makes sense. It's all cohesive. And then the second act is just kind of, you know, developing the characters and upping the ante and making the problem real or making you give a shit. And by doing that, and, and a lot of movies in the 90s did this, you know, and you, it's kind of like how procedurals are, like House, you know, you'd have this scene where, like, the guy who's going to be sick 
they have the first scene that's totally out of context. Bone says it too. You know, this has the same sort of thing. The two boys, they go into the thing, they steal the thing, then they find out they're accused of murder, and they go, my cousin Vinny! Okay, now we have, if it were a TV show, we'd have the theme song, and then we'd start the TV show, and that whole first context setup thing would just kind of be off to the side. Um, so basically, it's very much like procedural TV shows are now, kind of laid, uh, you know, typical 90s movies like My Cousin Vinny uh, laid the groundwork for that. But we've gotten so far away from that, going like, oh, that's crap. You know, like, eh, I kind of do it with TV shows, too. I'll put Bones on, it's background. Background noise, I'm I'm cool with it, but I don't really care what happens. Uh, so, you know, we kind of look at 90s procedural sort of, you know, one-shot, three-act things that way now. And we, we have to do something different. And we forget that they're, if you do it well, like this movie does, might be plus rating, um, that you freaking have a great thing in the can that's just self-contained and nice and and that's why we have like sequel culture and all this kind of stuff we're like unwilling to have just a formulaic well-contained well-done movie and this that's what this is and i would like to see more of that hollywood you listening you listening to my shitty podcast nobody listens to well listen up to do what i just said a little bit you know do it do it. Yeah, and bring Pesci back. When when the fuck has he been in anything oh lately? Yeah, I'd love to see Pesci again. Yeah. I'd love to see, I'd love to see old gray-haired Pesci just like still sucking down Chesterfield's uh like Dennis Hopper and like fucking just going like, "Yeah, I used to beat people up with a bat, but now I beat them up with my checkbook." See? Cuz I was successful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh are we going to do what's it all about on this? Because I think we know what it's all about. Let's do it. Just uh, let's let's see what happens. Let's. It might be a weird fit, but that could provide some interesting. Well, y- well you're a lawyer, so you can uh, wax into intellectual on kind of how this. Well, you already mentioned it in brief. But anyway, let's uh, introduce it. I'll get one. You get one. What's it all about? What's it all about? I mean, it's about. No, you're supposed to do a. Oh, what's it all about? Well, you just kind of imitated what I did, but uh. I, I guess that's fine. <laughs> anyway, you you go ahead since you're you're the proponent of this segment for this film. What is it all about? It's it's just about the growth of this uh, this character. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I guess there's nothing too thematic. Uh, it's a but like I say, it's very respectful. I think to the trial process, uh, you know, to that order, and it's about a character learning that and finding out that he's good at it in ways that aren't necessarily conventional and you know it's it's about yeah it's just about fun it's just fun it's just fun (laughs) this is exactly why i didn't want to do this segment because it's it's not a deep movie right it's a very formulaic movie that that does its job very well yeah it's about its characters right uh so should we just run off and do uh do understudy and then uh come back and talk uh well if we can find more things to say about it we'll talk about it otherwise we'll start plugging for for next round or maybe look at an individual scene sure okay uh be right back we're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay but we've got two understudies and to be honest they're probably more famous anyway so Try to guess the actors, try to guess the movies. Tweet us at C A R N Y Couch. 
This game called understudy is happening, happening, happening right now. Dave, come on in. What's the problem, Big Dave? I'm ruined. It ruined me, this money, no annex, I'm all shot to hell. So you paid the guy? What kind of man are you? Huh? What kind of man are you? Uh, Big Dave. I'd understand if you walked in here, socked me in the nose, whatever, I deserve it. I, uh... I'm not proud of what I did, but you... Yeah, I paid up, as you well know, and then I went and found the pansy. Got nothing to say, eh? Yeah, well, you already know the story. I, I did it. I had it beat out of, had to beat it out of your pansy, your, your money. What kind of man are you? Well, I'm all shot to hell. That was understudy. Tweet us your answer at C A R N Y Couch. Hi, everybody. We're back. That was a interesting understudy. Yeah, uh, I can say that for the first time with utter confidence. Yes, I don't know what I was doing anymore, but uh, you all try to guess, okay? Tweet us at Carney Couch, C A R O N Y, then the word couch, which is spelled C O U C H. Uh, if you don't know that, um, oh, I'm going to try and tweet more often. Actually, uh, I, was, I was sad, actually, that it was my personal account that they friended. But uh, Adam and Dr. Drew show, which uh, doesn't follow anybody on Twitter except for, like, all their guests, uh, followed me. Oh, nice. Yeah, me personally. Like, I'm one of 28 people that they followed. Very good. So everybody should follow Wobbly Rain King and at Carney Couch. Uh, do it. Do it now. Uh, Brady, you should put that account on your phone so you can also comment on it. I absolutely will. Zoom, zip, 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 zada, zip, zip. Uh, we were talking about uh, my cousin Vinny, right? Yeah. Not my cousin Vinny, but... Not yours, but everybody's. Well, no. Or, no, Ralph Macchio's, rather. Well, really, the movie. The my movie. My cousin Vinny. Um, what's another thing I could say about this movie? I mean, we already said that we like Pesci. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Marissa Tomei is so hot in this. <laughs> Marissa Tomei, she's gorgeous. She's she's my my official celebrity crush. I mean, yeah, she's hot all the time. But you know, when you first see her on the screen, I actually just kind of go like, oh, she's she's kind of hot, but those big sunglasses don't do it for me. And then like as sh- as they flesh out her character, actually, I go like, you know, more heavy breathing coming from me. Uh, more just like, oh wow, she's cute when she's mad. All that kind of stuff. Hey, what about that scene where they have, like, the argument, and it's, like, foreplay for them? Oh, yeah. We uh, haven't talked about that. Uh, and that's kind of crucial in the character v- development of uh, uh, Vinny character and the... Uh, what, is, what is her actual named character? Because we just keep calling her Marissa uh, Tomei. Mo- Mona Lisa. Oh, that's right. Mona Lisa Vito. She does not smile very much. Uh, she's Probably her smile is a lot more like this, you know, just... Uh, uh, uh. There's this face that, and this she is this looks cockeyed a lot. The sound that goes with this face is ah, uh, uh, and that's kind of her smile. It's like, it's like you know, and then like her face is just going ah, uh, uh. <laughs> right? Yes. It, it, but I mean that's basically her smile. 
Yeah, yeah. I can be helpful too, all right? I'm smart. I can do everything with the cars, and I can read a legal book. Ah! <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so, so, yeah, we have that scene in the hotel room where, yeah, there's... I'll describe it to you, Brady. Well, I'm trying to remember the actual dialogue in that. I, I mean, it's basically what it's setting us up for is he's kind of having this debate with her, and they're using that as foreplay. And what it's What's showing, the debate about? I'm, that's what I'm trying to remember. Uh, it's some kind of evidentiary issue or something. It's Oh, it's the faucet. The leaky oh, faucet. Oh, it's the faucet. Yeah, yeah. The faucet's leaking. Why well, turned it off? You turned it off, then why do I hear a drip? Perhaps it's broken. And then she goes into, like, the specs of the faucet and shit. Right. And he goes, fuck it. I guess the thing's fucking broken then. And then they embrace and just like, like go at it, you know. Yeah, and it's showing that what they're both good at is the actual, not the abstracty part of the law, but they enjoy the chase. They enjoy talking to people. They enjoy, yeah, the the, the fight, the fight of it. Yeah, I mean, also the the Ralph Macchio character uh, mentions this this thing. He's like, like. No, you don't understand. Okay, I know Vinny's only been. Look, I. It's my Ralph Macchio. Look, I know Vinny. I I know Vinny is only Vin, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, teach me how to sweep. Teach me how to sweep. Teach me how to sweep. Teach teach me how to sweep. <laughs> 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 Mr. Miyagi, teach me how to sweep. And he, oh, you take broom and you go. <laughs> no, no, sweep as in. Mr. Miyagi, I ain't, I ain't never gonna win. Oh, so so anyway, my family, my family, my family. It's in our blood. Okay, I know he's only been. Look, look, I know he's only been practicing lawyer, and he, it's, he's an ambulance chaser lawyer for, for six weeks, but just give him a chance. Just give him a chance, because it's in my family's blood. They love to argue. That's all they do. I mean, but my, you'd think that it was a bad marriage. My grandma and grandpa, they've been, they've been together 63 years. They've been arguing. That's just They live to argue. It's about everything, and that's what that's why Vinny's, Vinny's going to win. Just give him a chance, okay? Just, just, just give him a chance. Okay, okay. Yeah, fine. so they even address it with uh oh yeah, and scene. Um and they even address <laughs> it with with the Ralph Macchio character kind of saying that whole thing and he, he kinda refers to it. I, I think that might have been directly preceding the scene. Could be wrong about that. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that's kind of See, that's a good lead in. Why don't we do that kind of shit anymore? Everybody goes like, Oh, that's too easy. And it's just like it's it's only too easy if you're trying to make a really arty movie that's like Fucking right. like, look! Look how clever I am. Look at all this stuff. And then if you throw one of those in there, where it just leads directly in right after a comment, like everybody goes like, "Oh, that was cheap," and and I do it too. Right, but that only, was on the nose. Right, but I mean, like, you know what? If you just make the movie on the nose and clear and coherent and cohesive, it rolls really well. It's not like a bad thing. Like, yeah, no. In the case of this movie, because it keeps things so simple and kind of clean and. I'd even call this movie, it kind of has a touch of sophistication to me. Like, it reminds well, me they, of just a they good managed old to fashioned. Take, take your whole profession and kind of wrap it up in like a nutshell of like, you know, it's not just about having passed law school and having passed the bar and having read all the goddamn books. It's about procedure, tradition, authority. Right. Yeah, all those things. And it manages to tie that up very nicely and neatly. I mean, uh, you were saying some stuff before about, you know, the procedural element of it and how no movie does this does it like this i think on the day of that we were watching you were talking about some other movies that come close 
Uh, oh, what what did I say? What movies? Did I, I don't know. Like, what other like? If you think of if you think of most legal movies, right? Like uh, the Pelican Brief. I think it's it, that's a legal movie, right? Uh, yeah, I never the saw Client it. The Client is very legal. Yeah. Uh, um, a civil action. C- uh, yeah, civil action. Um, insufficient disclosure. No, un. Dis- uh, what's the one with uh, Richard Gere and he's got the suitcase and he doesn't. Uh, what what is it called in the legal terminology when you don't disclose? I know full disclosure is the term. Th- yeah, of doing probably it right. in, insufficient disclosure. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a there's a movie title that's like something disclosure. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll have Steve look it up for us or something. But anyway, movies like that that are actually about the legal thing, they tend to focus way more on characters, and this one actually does focus a lot on characters and does it very well. Yeah. But they don't seem to address. The legal system, the legal structure, the the way the law is put together, as well as this movie does. Yeah, no, this movie has a nice, without being fussy about it, a nice appreciation for a lot of the details of, of law. And then also, um, what was I going to say? Uh, I commented on this thing. Is it? It's kind of horrible. I'm sorry to uh, insult your profession. It's kind of no. horrible that lawyers, like, you know, he makes it pretty clear that. There's a quite a reasonable doubt that these two guys didn't kill anybody. And then, um, what's his name? Duder, the prosecutor guy, who kind of looks like Maurice Medifield. Duder, the prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, Duder, the prosecutor. Um, basically gets this this expert out there to say what he wants to try and win. Right. Right? And it's like, but at this point, he's already pretty much said, like, look, maybe you're wrong about this. But now it's a battle between two lawyers. Like, one guy's trying to win, one guy's trying to win. Right. As opposed to about the actual justice of the clients. Uh, Which, it doesn't really deal with that, but it's in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Like, even at the end, he, like, shakes his hand, he goes like, That was a good fight! Oh, man, you won that. That, If you ever want to come here and go hunting again, boy, you just, uh... You just call me up, all right? You can use my hunting cabinet anytime you want to get away from that big city with your... Bronx and your weird Lady Gaga looking fucking dresses and your oh, that one dress that uh, Marissa Tomei was wearing that's like basically wallpaper. Yeah, it's a floral. wallpaper jumpsuit with like a back, no back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I cut you off. What were you gonna say? She, she wears it well. Um, what was I gonna say? Actually, I kind of hated all the things she was wearing. I'm like, can you just can you either just wear jeans and a t-shirt or nothing? <laughs> Actually, I prefer I prefer a bra, black bra, black panties to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I'm sure I could probably find a picture of Marissa Tomei with with that. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were talking about the prosecutor. I mean, yeah. I, I think he he stays within his bounds because really, what it is is, you know, if if he really starts to think that. Clearly, these guys didn't do it. Then I think he'd have an obligation to he'd, not bring he'd it. He'd just rest the case, right? But yeah, or he'd just uh, withdraw the case. Right. Is that eventually what happens? He withdraws the case. He goes, Yana, I withdraw the case. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. As opposed to the the honor going like, I find that because the jury doesn't deliberate or anything like that. No, they don't. Uh, but, uh, because uh, it comes down to that expert testimony, they pretty much disprove that it even could have been them, I think. Right, and and they actually have to force that withdrawal of the case because 
Vinny's up against the clock because he might get thrown in jail for lying about who he was. Right. Yeah, J- James Callow. Yeah. Oh, you thought I said Gallo? Callow. Callow. Two youths. Two youths. Two two what? All right. Uh, you want to go do a uh, freaking uh, what do we call that game? Uh, Metacritical. Metacritical. <laughs> yeah. So you can kick my ass again. Um, All right. But if you kick my ass afterwards, you'll have to kiss it. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, we'll be right back with Metacritical. A Metacritical. Rob's never gonna win. A Metacritical. Brady's the victor again. Woo-hoo. So it's time to play. Ooh-hoo. I'm gonna lose today. Metacritical, yeah, it's time, time to play. Hey, everybody, welcome to Metacritical. We're uh, trying to roll through this a little quicker, maybe a little less dead air. So uh, we've got everything picked out, and everything connects somehow. So uh, let's let's go ahead with our first movie. Brady, what's the first one? Our first movie, since we just did My Cousin Vinny, we're sticking with Marissa Tomei, the divine Marissa Tomei, doing In the Bedroom, for which she was Oscar-nominated. Ah, oh, shit. This is like a really... Like family melodrama, right? Yeah, I. It's a terrific film. Okay, here's something though about melodrama because I brought this up a little bit ago. I'm like, if it has to do with like family attitudes and, uh, you know, just like family problems and kind of close knit interpersonal problems, that falls into what people talk about as melodrama. Even though melodrama in the classical sense is supposed to be, you know, has like a hard. Uh, very clear good and evil. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Is it like mellow with a W drama? Is the uh, family drama one, and then you know, melodrama is the good and evil one, like cops and robbers. I don't know. I um, I I think a lot of you know, it's a bit of a dirty word, like soap operas or quintessential melodramas. But I've been watching a lot of uh, the German director Fassbender, and he does melodramas, but they're awesome because he puts a lot of conviction behind them. But I think, you know, they're kind of meat and potatoes stories, very often histrionic, uh, very, yeah, like you say, simple family stories lend themselves to melodrama well. Yeah, like anything about any Roman emperors or good chummy buddies would be melodrama too, right? I'm so unclear. Yeah. All right. Hey, listeners who are film people who under-fucking-stand this because I went to film school and I never got my head around it, uh, tweet us at C-A-R-N-Y Couch and let us know. Uh, in the bedroom, melodrama. Tell us, Apparently. what is a melodrama? <laughs> uh, um, in the bedroom, all right. All right, I'm going to go. I think this was highly received, I believe. Uh, I'm going to go with like 85. Nice. I think I'm going 87. Int the bedroom. Integer. Int the bedroom. I, 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 cast, I cast a movie class as an integer class, and it didn't come up. I think I'm supposed to type in the bedroom. Uh, what the fuck? Oh, there it is. Er. 86! Oh, split the difference. Yeah, puts Rob ahead by one. No, no, because you're 87, or five, and, and you're I'm 87. 87. So, so I get one point, and, and so you do get I. two. Or we both get minus one, because 85 
is one away from 86 and 87 is one Oh, away. right. It's right in between us. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking it was 80. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, connective tissue, two in the bedroom. Marissa Tomei was one thing, and then you went on to... Uh, the wrestler, the wrestler, uh, yes, Aronofsky film, Oscar nominated. Ooh, and that turn. one was that one was highly critically received, and I don't think it's really gone down since. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, almost want to say it's my favorite Aronofsky. Uh, I could possibly say that, but uh, I, I don't know yet because I haven't seen Black Swan and I haven't seen Noah. Oh yeah, I don't Noah. know if I want to see Noah, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. Um, Brady, uh, you go first this one. Let me go with, I'll go 85. I'm going with 92 on this. 92. Yes. It might be my chance to make up some points. All right. All right. All right. Uh, what am I doing? Going over here. Go and do the search blank. Fucking the wrestler. Sorry, Brady and I went to bed at like 4.30 last night. Mm-hmm. We were making mad, passionate love till then. Uh, 81. Mad. 81. Damn it. That knocks me out 11. And you're never going to be more than 10 over on anything. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Rob. I don't know. Uh, okay, so Aronofsky can stretch to... Oh, no, you did... Uh, was Mickey Rourke stretches to Sin City? Yeah. You know, I think the fucking critics hated that. I don't know. I don't know if they hated it, <laughs> but I love Sin City. Oh yeah, I Sin know you're City's not that awesome. big on Rodriguez, but but the one thing I'm unquestionably for him on is Sin City. <laughs> I'm excited about the next one. Uh yeah, I hope it's good. It it kind of went through production hell, got pushed back a year. And well, it got <laughs> it got like canceled yeah. at one point in time. Uh, okay, so Sin City. I'm gonna think the critics didn't like it. I'm going to stick with my rule that hasn't been fucking me instead of straying from it, which has fucked me in the past. And if you fuck me, you're dead. If you fuck me on this, Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, 75. That sounds good. I'm going to go 78. Survey says 74. All right. Well done. So that puts me at like with a, like 13 and you at 5. Yeah. Uh, really? I was right on that? I was just kind of throwing numbers out there. <laughs> it yeah. You right. Uh, next one. I have to connect. And what is it? El Mariachi. Oh, right. Because, yes, El Mariachi, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. 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 Uh, under $20,000 that film was made for. Yeah. Primer was made for seven. Primer is a really good movie. I was planning to spend 10 on mine. That's modest. A modest proposal. If I could do it better than Primer and beat Primer by price, though, it'd be like the new record for the critically acclaimed film made yeah. by a first-timer on film. Do it. For not very much money. Dare to dream. Uh, Okay, El Mariachi. That's going to be tough because it's not particularly a good movie. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's not particularly like a good movie. You know, it's not like The Wrestler. Right. And it's a, it's a action. It's a pretty awesome action movie. How much did he pay you? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think it's your guess first, though. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm 
Very in the woods here. Uh, I'm going to go 67. I'm glad I picked this one because you're in the woods. I'm going to go with 75. Okay. Because if I break my roll again, but if, if, if this works, I mean, if this fucks me, I'm not going to use that rule anymore. But at the moment, it's just been treating me very well. Because a lot of people are on a 10-star system. It'll work. It's got to work. Has yes. to work. It's got to work. I've got to win. You've got to, mister. Okay. Uh, this might not be in there, though. Yeah, it's, what, early 90s? Or yeah. Some, something. Oh, no, it is 73. Okay. Well done. Wait, what did you say? 73. And I said 75. Okay. It's been recorded by history. Uh, by that, I mean the podcast. So Rob does very well on that one. And then we're going to tie in El Mariachi to... There's a sequel to El Mariachi and Johnny Depp's in it, so we wanted a Johnny Depp movie just because we got to have more scarves on the podcast. In fact, this is very exciting. As it in, I'm, I'm excited. I'm Johnny Depp. I can't <laughs> talk very well because I've been choked by 27 scarves. And... Dog fuck the poop. No fault of mine. So We're tied. We're tied. So what movie? Okay, finally, Johnny Depp. Uh, because who worked later with Rodriguez on, what, Once Upon a Time in Mexico? Yes. Yes. Okay, Depp, Finding Neverland. Fuck, you know this one better than I do. And it's my turn to go first, isn't it? God damn it. And we're tied. Wait, I have to do bet. Fuck. I did see this movie. It was kind of a sleeper. Yeah, it ended up getting a Best Picture nom. It did? Yeah. Yeah. Really? It wasn't that good. I mean, it wasn't bad. It probably didn't deserve quite that It was very, like, reserved and British, right? And it's just like, do they think he's a pedophile? No, they don't think he's a pedophile. But they didn't even make that big a thing out of that. Right, I, and I kept thinking they were going to, like there was going to be some event where like, you know, like the whole town goes like, what's he doing with that boy? You know, in fact, that's kind of a weakness. It's mentioned in like one scene and then never mentioned again. Right. It's just kind of like a nod. Yeah, like definition of lip service. Yeah. Okay, Um. shit. Uh, I'll just say 85 then. All right. I think this is one of your... Crash, Babel, slash, the reviews were good but not great movies. I think it got like a 69. 67. Gah. Wait, what did you say? 85. So that puts you two, and then <laughs> me, big loser here, with the uh, 18. Yeah. So that gives you a grand total of 33, and I got 17. Nothing to sneeze at, but fuck, I could have almost won if only I hadn't been fooled by your mentioning it got a Best Picture nom. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) I didn't know that had an effect. You fucking dick. No, you baited (laughs) me. (laughs) Ah! A Metacritical. You. Hey everybody, we're back. That was a great round of Metacritical. That was alright. That was great. It was <laughs> great. Great. Hey, how how you feeling? Do you, you feel great? I'm great. 
I feel good. Do you feel good? Hey, Great. who used to who used to grin like this? While he he twisted your foot, and uh, laughed maniacally. <laughs> Listen to death metal. <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Who used to do this? Matt. Yeah, Matt who? Matt Ammons. Matt Ammons. Matt Ammons. See Who's now, I get, guy? now I get to tag him in Facebook. Oh be like yeah. like uh, you were mentioned. <laughs> but this is the last five minutes of the show, so he's gonna have to listen to the whole thing to figure out. Um, <laughs> but then you know, by then he'll be hooked, and he'll listen to all our other, what, uh, um, all like our, like forty-two episodes. Yeah, yeah, forty-two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Or so yeah, rocking and rolling, doing well here, guys. Um, guy, I mean guy. Yeah, well, I'm a guy too. So we're guys. Uh, so, uh, I think we're all done talking about my cousin Vinny. We milked that for all we could. It's been a, a great, grand, joyous time. Joyous time. Joyous. Oh, happy day. Um, anyway. <laughs> I also beat you in Wii Golf last night, too. Nah, I lost <laughs> twice. But, um, <laughs> uh, let's cruise on out and do what we're going to do next week. Okay. Uh, I, I have a submission uh, in honor of that great lady, Marissa Tomei, uh, as I said, she won Supporting Actress for this, My Cousin Vinny. Uh, so I'm going to suggest the movie that she should have won Supporting Actress for more than a decade later, or maybe probably exactly a decade later, uh, and that's In the Bedroom, which is a very fine, well-acted drama from, uh, yeah, 2001. No, it's Nick Field. He was 19 when he made it. Oh, nice. Young young director. Uh, he made Little Children, which is which is a good movie. It's That's good. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are disgusting with the wrong <coughs> glaze. Oh, right. Uh, glaze. Uh, okay. Glaze Donut. Is there a movie called Glaze Donut? I don't. Well, probably. Um. Okay, I'm going to suggest that we do. I had a bunch of stuff on like my docket and stuff. I can't. I can't remember any of it now. Okay. But um, I mean, let me see. Let me see what I've sent myself. Hey Brady, talk for a second about children and glazing them. Um, <coughs> children should be glazed gradually. If you rush it too much, you're gonna get the flavor wrong. Uh. Now, now is this like a glazed pig sort of thing, or is this like a glazed donut sort of thing? Uh, a glazed donut. Glazed donut. Yeah, donut. Okay. Um, well, let me see. Uh, all I got on here is Game of Thrones paperback set and 3381 Morecom Avenue. So that doesn't help me uh, with films. It's very unhelpful. <laughs> um, I would like to watch Terminator 2, actually. That's okay. a good suggestion. What did you suggest? In the bedroom, right? In Rest the bedroom. Uh, you get another suggestion. Oh, I get another suggestion? Yeah, I don't know. Suggestion. Uh, my other suggestion will be Into the Wild. Ooh. Let's go with that. Into the Wild? Yeah, because I I tried to watch it, but I was really stoned, and I just, like, freaked the fuck out, like, after the first five minutes. Because I'm like, this is... That that woman who's <laughs> acting as the mom is grieving too hardcore on the screen right now. Yeah, it pretty and much starts with, like, yeah. a primal scream. Yeah, and now I don't really smoke weed anymore, so... I won't be stoned, and I won't freak out. And if uh, I do, I'll just drink more. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, problem That's solved. self-medication. Or or just 
emotional regulation, em- uh, empathetic yeah. regulation. Yeah. Like whenever I find myself, you know, being too in tune with another person and too supportive, I just drink a bunch <laughs> and then I'm a dick. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it makes you more productive. I well, mean, except uh, for the falling over part. I mean, it makes you more productive at some things. If you're trying to stand on one leg for an hour straight, doesn't make you more productive at that. But if you're trying to scribble things in uh, weird handwriting on the walls, pretty good. Big uptick in productivity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so now we're getting into the nether regions of uh, Rob not being funny. Um, uh, is that it? Uh, yeah, that, I think that's it. Three, two, one, Jimmy, theme song. Carnivorous couch, shit happens once a week It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak Carnivorous couch With Brady and Rob But if you kick my ass afterwards, you'll have to kiss it